Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, Minimizers. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn, and I'm solo today. I just got off the phone with Ryan, and, well, he has a children's cold. He did lose his sense of taste and smell, but he's tested negative for COVID five times in the last week or so. And so, He has a cold, a bad cold. I don't want to get anyone sick here, but don't worry. We have a studio full of people who have microphones as well. I'll be asking them to butt in from time to time. We have Jordan No More. We have Podcast Sean. We have Danny Unknown. And of course, we have Malabama here. She's reading your questions. Now, we all know how troublesome material clutter can be. But what about paper clutter? Bills, mail, receipts, taxes, photos, books, pamphlets, files, contracts, letters, and other random paperwork. Today on the public podcast, we're talking about one of the most requested topics we ever get, paper clutter. Then this Thursday on the Minimalist Private Podcast, we're going to talk about other types of clutter, career clutter, emotional clutter, calendar clutter, and much more clutter. You can find that long form conversation at patreon.com slash the minimalists. You'll also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives. Your support keeps our podcast and YouTube channel 100% advertisement free because say it with me. Advertisements Advertisements suck. Yes, they do. (laughs) Our first question today is from Susan on Facebook. Paper clutter is a big problem for me. What important documents do we really need to keep? And what can be tossed into a dumpster fire? (laughs) Susan, there's some obvious discontent here. Like the, I don't recommend a dumpster fire. I don't even recommend a dumpster for paper. You can certainly recycle it, but I appreciate the sentiment because I get it. It is frustrating to have to deal with, sort through all of this paper clutter. So first we have to start by talking about what is clutter? Not just with paper, but in our lives, what is clutter? Well, clutter means we have excess of something that also gets in the way. So if you have excess papers that are getting in the way. Now, they may get in the way physically, but not always. They also might get in the way, and I think this is even more important, more troublesome, and this is why it's a big problem for you, Susan. I think the reason that it gets in the way is it gets in the way emotionally and mentally. It creates new clutter for us. It it sort of weighs in the back of our mind, like, oh, I really should scan that. I really should do something about my file cabinet or cabinets. I really should do something about all this excess mail that I get. What about my taxes? What about all these photos I've been meaning to scan? And all these things, I keep getting these stacks and stacks of mail, and I'm just sort of letting it sit there for a while. What about all all of these files and accordion files and manila envelopes and folders and all. Yeah, I signed this contract back in 2006. Do I need to hold on to that? What we're hearing here, that voice in our head that is saying all these things to us, that is a type of clutter. That is mental clutter. And so you're asking me, what important documents do we really need to keep and what can be tossed into 
a dumpster fire or what can you recycle? What, what can you get rid of? And the answer is there are only a few things that I find to be absolutely essential to keep. So that's like a social security card, birth certificates. There can be a few documents that you may want a physical copy of, but even those like taxes, for example, I just talked to my accountant before we started recording this episode and all of our tax documents now are all backed up online and in the cloud. So I think one of the greatest problems about paper clutter is also the fact that if you were to lose it, if you had a house fire or a dumpster fire that caught your house on fire, that's actually a story from our last book, Love People Use Things. If that were to happen, you might actually lose all of the paperwork. So that creates more worry, more anxiety in your life. And that's obviously not what you want, Susan. And so the things that you might need, even then, the social security card, the birth certificates, you still want some sort of digital backup of those in case something were to happen to them. I know a few years ago, uh, well, this is a while ago now, but I used to keep my social security card in my glove box, stupidly. And I say stupidly because it got stolen. Someone broke into my car and I only had a few things in in my car and in the glove box. Literally, I had my social security card. I had my registration to my vehicle, which is another piece of paper that I have that I need whenever I'm on you know, driving somewhere. Also, my insurance. We have a little insurance card there as well. In California, you have to have the physical card. Other states, you can make do with simply a digital card. And so the question isn't what documents do I need, but what documents can I digitize? And the answer is most of them you can digitize. And however, you actually don't even need most of the things you might consider digitizing in the future. In fact, going through the process of digitizing, we're going to talk about that today. What are some of the best, best methods to do that? Some of the best techniques for that? Because this is a, a fairly mechanical thing. And so I can get prescriptive on this episode. I can give you some how-tos if you're unsure of where to go. But before that, it really starts with the why-to, understanding why simplifying the paper clutter is going to be beneficial to you because it might relieve or even alleviate some of that anxiety or all of the anxiety you're feeling around the excess that is accumulating, the excess paper that's accumulating in your home. Alabama, looks like we have a question here from Kim on Patreon. What companies do you recommend to have your photos saved to the cloud? I want to do this, but am worried about sending my photos off. Yeah, so you can send your photos off. In fact, there are a few places you can send them to. There's no advertisements on this podcast, obviously. No sponsors, no recommendations, but I can tell you of some different services. The one that I know that has the best reviews is a website called Scan My Photos. It's just scanmyphotos.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Now, what does Scan My Photos do if you want to send them off somewhere and they can handle them for you? Now, you can take care of it yourself, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But if you want to send your photos off, off. You can send off your photos. Also old slides if you have old movie slides or, or just old, old photo slides. Old negatives of photos that you actually, physical photos or you know, film photos that you, you took. If you have negatives, you can send those to, um, to them as well. Uh, but also VHSs. Eight millimeter film, online storage for all of those things. So you can have them backed up. They can store them for you for a fee, obviously. And then also they can provide you with 
a USB drive, or even a DVD. I don't know who would use that, but some people have DVD drives. They can provide you with that. So you don't have to just use uh, Scan My Photos or other companies like Scan Digital, Ever Present, Scan Cafe, Go Photo, Digital Memories. These are different companies that essentially do very similar services. Now, there's also another company that a lot of our listeners have recommended to me, and it's called $1 Scan. It's just $1scan.com. We'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So a lot of people have book clutter. In fact, I rarely have ever done any um, solo episodes of the Minimalist Podcast. I did one intentionally because uh, it was about writing early, early on. I think it was way back, like episode 16 or something. And then I did an episode about book clutter. Let's put a link to that episode in the show notes, Sean. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Jordan and Sean were there, but it was the only other solo episode that I can recall. And in there, we talked about book clutter, getting rid of the excess books that might be getting in the way. And I was the prime example of this. I had 2000 books in my life, many of which I hadn't read, but held on to them because I thought they made me look smart or impressive or you know, some nonsense like that. But there were some books where I'm like, oh, I do definitely want to read this one, or maybe I'll read this someday. Or here's a textbook I want to reference at some point, but I don't want to take it up space in my house. And there you can use $1scan.com. Basically, you send them your books and they can turn them into color PDFs for you. And then they recycle the books. They, they work with international paper to recycle the books for you. And it's real simple. You basically just, you order and, and, and then you can send off your, your books. And then um, what they do is they cut the spine, they scan and digitize your books, and then they send you the files that you need. So you don't have to worry about that book clutter. You don't even have to worry about recycling them because, man, it's a real pain to try to try to, well, bring stacks and stacks and stacks of books. Although if you do have excess books, certainly bring them to your local library. You know, I always encourage people whenever they buy one of our books, you know, like Love People Use Things or Everything That Remains, when you're done with it, minimize the book. And you can do so at your local library. That way, someone else can get value from it as opposed to just collecting dust on your shelf. And so, yeah, you can use these services or you can do it on your own. You can have what we call a photo scanning party, or you can even do this with documents as well. You could do a document scanning party. In fact, if you go to theminimalists.com slash scanning, you can read about the photo scanning party. You can see the scanner that Ryan and I use in our own homes. That's why I'm not recommending these services necessarily. I haven't used $1 scan myself. I have not used scanmyphotos.com myself, although I've had Tons of listeners recommend both of those services, and I've looked into them. They seem relatively reputable, and the the feedback on those has been tremendous. However, as a do-it-yourself kind of guy, Ryan and I just we have a, a digital scanner that uh, will scan documents. It'll scan photos that are, I think, up to you know full paper size here. Right here's some irony. I have a little paper during our paper clutter episode. But uh, I'm doing most of this from my computer because there's another type of clutter in our lives. 
that I find sometimes it's better to have paper. When Ryan and I are here together, we never put screens between us. Why? Because there's screen clutter. And that's much more pernicious for a relationship with someone than having some paper that is set between us. So I do have a few show notes here, but most of my stuff today, because I'm not sitting across from Ryan, most of the stuff I have today is just digital right here on my computer. So Kim, Yes, there are some services you can use. You can also do a photo scanning party yourself. Now, why is it called a photo scanning party? It's because, well, if you are scanning your documents, that's kind of boring, right? Scanning photos, ugh, who wants to have to do this? Well, you can make it a bit more fun. If you put the word party at the end of anything, it instantly becomes more fun, but you can actually turn it into a party. How do you do that? Let's say you have several boxes of photos in your garage or your attic or in your closet, and they're just sitting there. Now, if anything happens to your house, what, you know, let's say you're, you, get, you get robbed, you, the house burns down, there's a flood or, or a fire in the closet, whatever it might be, you might lose all of those photos, right? And so if you back them up, you don't lose the photos. And so if you have a scanning party, you just grab all those photos, you make a day out of it. So, you know, next Saturday, I'm going to bring some friends over, some family members over, and we're going to do this together. In fact, if I do this at my house this weekend, we'll do this at your house next weekend. Just one or two friends. And if you do that, all of a sudden it makes the experience more meaningful for a couple reasons. One is you start pulling out these photos instead of just cramming them into your scanner. You talk about, oh my gosh, I can't, can't believe it's been 20 years since we went to this amusement park together. It's been 15 years since we went to Hawaii. Wouldn't it be awesome if we went back there? Look at this picture of me surfing. Wow. And so you're, you're having these conversations, sparking conversations, as opposed to them just collecting dust over there in a closet. In addition to that, you can see the uh, digital picture frame that I use and that Ryan uses. Same, uh, same link there, theminimalists.com slash scanning. Here's the thing. After you're done scanning these photos, you can actually use them in a digital picture frame. And those digital picture frames tend to be much more appealing, much more magnetic than if you were just to put a regular picture frame up, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's just that we're so drawn to glowing screens and it rotates through your top 50 photos or 100 photos or 1,000 photos or whatever you want to rotate through on that digital picture screen. And you can also upload new photos to it via Wi-Fi. Oh, and so you're always preserving those memory triggers. Now I say memory triggers because the memories aren't actually in the photos, but they can trigger the memories that are inside you. And then you can decide, you know what, I'm going to let go of the physical photos if they're getting in the way, or if you want to hold on to some of them, great. But as you go through the scanning party, here's what you're really going to learn. I don't remember most of these photos. Who the heck is this in this photo? Why is there just a photo of my thumb next to this dog? I have no idea. Why do I have 14 of the same picture here? I don't need all of this excess. And so having your own scanning party allows you to eliminate the excess, to get it into the cloud so you can store it digitally. Now, I, there are a few services that you can use. Uh, in fact, uh, if you want to back up your, your photos, you can use like Box or Dropbox is what we use here uh, at The Minimalists. Uh, Google Drive is another one. iDrive is a popular service. So we'll put links to those in the show notes as well if you're wanting to back up your photos in the cloud. With me, 
I have two backups. I have a redundancy. They are on my hard drive, separate from my computer. And then they're also in the cloud. Now, it's up to you if you want to keep some of those physical photos as well. You can find a nice way to organize them. Maybe you want to put them in a photo album and then that will give you some creative limitations. You know what? This photo album only fits 500 photos. Well, those that's how many photos I'm going to keep. And anytime I want to keep a new one, I might have to get rid of one of these. And that way I'm not hoarding excess photos, but then I have the physical the physical memory trigger there for me. And it's so much better either way, whether it's digitized and in a digital picture frame or you have the photo album there, than if you just had them in a box somewhere in a house or a storage locker and it's long forgotten. We have another question here from Kat on Patreon. Actually, Josh, can I interrupt for just one second? Yeah. On this, um, I uh, noticed that some people... Um, are like, hey, I'm going to wait till I get a scanner or I'm going to wait to the get the perfect tool, right? Yes. Um, I, honestly, most people have the perfect or near perfect tool in their pockets with a smartphone. I've taken pictures of pictures, mm -hmm. countless pictures, uh, and even in like Google Drive or Google Photos, right? Yes. The automatic settings in there to kind of tweak photos is really pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and the cameras on these phones now are are even even the least expensive phones are still about as good as a really good scanner. So as long as you have some decent lighting, yes. you know, where you're taking the picture of the picture or the document, mm -hmm. right? Because they have some um, PDF, like free PDF apps and stuff, although I don't think you really need it unless you really want to build a PDF. Well, let me, let, me, let me add on to that real quick. So Apple now in the Apple Notes app, which is oh, yeah, what I use right. for organizing, now has a native scanning function. So you can actually use your iPhone to scan. I use this, I don't use it for photos necessarily, but I use it for documents all the time. If we need to send something to our accountant, mm -hmm. scan it right away and then shred it. No longer am I dealing with that paper clutter. But you bring up a great point. You don't need the perfect tool. You don't have to wait for the perfect time. This weekend is the perfect time you to get started. To, yeah, you need to take action and get it rolling. You can get the perfect scanner another time if if that's your thing. But honestly, yeah, I've I've used my phone uh, for all for stuff here, right? Yeah. For a lot of our documents, I'll just take a picture of it and and save that, and and it's perfect. So yeah. Spot I mean, on. For, yeah. Thank you, podcast, Sean. Cat has a question for us. What have you found are the most effective methods for organizing important paper documents in the office? A shredder. <laughs> yes, I second that. <laughs> so we do have a shredder here and it was a, we, we bought a pretty high quality one. Now, if you don't have to have a bunch of documents shred, sometimes banks will actually allow you to shred documents at the bank. In fact, we, uh, we just got a call on episode 319. Someone called in and left a minimalism tip for us. You can leave us your tips as well, 406-219-7839, or email a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com, and we'll include your minimalism tips in a future episode. And this person called in from Santa Barbara and said, hey, my bank actually, because I am a customer there, my bank allows me to keep my, my um, social security card, 
my birth certificate, and any other important documents I need in a safety deposit box at no additional charge. Now, some banks may actually charge you for a safety deposit box, but if you're worried about having your documents on site, Excuse me. And then what she also did was have copies of those in as she replaced her whole file cabinet with just one small accordion file. And so she had copies of those and she put her key to the to the box in that accordion file. So if she ever needs to access those, but then she also has them backed up digitally as well. I think the digital redundancy is really important because when we lose those things, it's hard to even prove that I had a driver's license or a passport or whatever else. But having photos of those things or having them scanned allows you to replace them much more easily. So back to what do we do in a business setting? Well, we scan as much as we need to. Most things instantly get shredded. And we're going to talk in a moment about, well, how do we prevent new paper clutter from coming in to our office, into our homes? Because that's really the biggest problem. Once we've dealt with our paper clutter that exists now, Well, we all of a sudden start getting more and more and more, and it piles up in our mailbox, which should really just be called a junk box at this point. I mean, who is still sending mail these days? Very rarely. Although the irony is, as the minimalists, we get really great letters from anyone who listens to the podcast or reads the website. And in fact, we prefer snail mail here because we've sort of taken it back. Uh, It's better than email. It's much more intentional if we're using it that way. But really what's happening in our homes is marketers, advertisers, major multinational corporations are buying and selling our information so they can try to sell us products that we don't even need in the first place. So Kat, what is the most effective method for organizing and paper, organizing paper documents? I think the truth is, I don't know that we have any paper documents here. Malabam, we don't have a file cabinet here, do we? We do not. Yeah. And so we don't have a, a file cabinet here. We don't have anywhere where we store paperwork. Although we podcast, Sean, you, you scan and store things and contracts all the time, but we don't have a physical copy of those. And we're not worried about it for one second. No. Yeah. No. Digital well, works Digital works perfectly fine for everybody today, legally. Well, let's move on to our callers. If you have a question or comment, 406-219-7839. Emily in Seattle, Washington has a question for us. Growing up, I came from a family where paper clutter was normal. It was encouraged. My mother kept every single piece of paper from every single grade, every meaningless assignment. And that was really challenging as an adult to get married and move out and realize I had those habits as well. So what are some of your favorite resources to help me stop paper clutter from even coming through my front door? I think it's important to recognize that times change. And Emily, you've recognized that. You know what? The time has changed. It used to be that the only way we could receive communications from people was paper clutter showing up. In fact, it wasn't even clutter then. We got immense value from the Postal Service once upon a time. And now I would say it gets more in the way than, than well, than creating value in our lives, really. If you go to theminimalists.com slash day 15, there are a few links there for you. One is to the Direct Marketing Association. They offer free online-only service at dmachoice.org that stops catalogs and junk mail deliveries. And so if you go there, dmachoice.org, it will eliminate 90 plus percent of your 
well, of your excess junk mail that is coming into your home. And that's the best way to eliminate paper clutter, by the way, is to stop it from coming in in the first place. There's another app that I use. I think it costs a dollar or two a month, not a sponsor, but it's called Paper Karma. And Paper Karma allows me to, if I do end up getting junk mail, credit card offers, et cetera, in the mail, I will just take a photo of it with my with that app, and it will automatically unsubscribe me. It's like doing the email unsubscribe button, but through an app for your physical mail. So we'll put a link to to uh, Paper Karma, the app as well. If you head on over to Direct Marketing Association, uh, dmachoice.org, you'll probably also find optoutprescreen.com. Emily, I hope that helps you out. I'd love to see you later this month in Seattle. It's the Love People Use Things Tour. I'm going to send you a couple tickets. If anyone else is interested, theminimalists.com slash tour. We're coming to a city near you, 20 cities in total. We'll be in Vancouver and Seattle and San Francisco and Los Angeles and Toronto and Columbus and Chicago and Minneapolis and several other cities. Or you can find all 20 events over on Patreon. Now, it is time for our lightning round. This is where we answer your questions from social media. You can text your questions to 937-202-4654. Those texts literally go to Ryan's and my phone. And uh, so you can text Ryan today and say, hey, get well soon. We hope to see you on the next episode. But during the lightning round, this is where Ryan and I and our guests, we typically answer questions with a short, shareable, less than 140 character response. We put the text to these minimal maxims in the show notes so you can copy and share our pithy answers on social media if you'd like. And now you can find all of our minimal maxims in one place, minimalmaxims.com. It looks like Rachel has a question for us. I have a ton of paper clutter I want to go through, but it would take so much time. Where do I begin to tackle such a huge time commitment? You know, I think this is the biggest reason people, they don't, um, they don't address the paper clutter at all or any clutter. If the average American home has 300,000 items in it, or maybe 300,000 pieces of paper on all those file cabinets and boxes and bins, and oh, where do I even start? Well, you start where we all start. We start with a question. How might your life be better with less clutter? And by answering that question, by the way, that's my pithy answer for today. But by answering that question, you're able to identify the purpose of simplifying, the purpose of the decluttering, the paper clutter. So how might your life be better with less paper clutter is an appropriate question. I think that applies to all the other areas in our lives. On the Maximal episode this week, we're going to talk about career clutter and emotional clutter and calendar clutter and organizational clutter. Isn't it crazy that we like we go to these stores to buy a bunch of organizing tools and boxes and bins and label makers and it creates new clutter to address our current clutter. It's pretty quixotic to think that more tools, more stuff is going to fix my problem with stuff. And so, yes, it really starts with that question. Well, why does it start with that question? Rachel, if you don't understand why this is such a problem for you, you're not going to experience enough pain in order to remove that excess from your life. But if you really understand why, you'll understand what is all this clutter getting in the way of? Where is it taking up space? It's not just taking up space in your home. 
it's taking up space all throughout your life and your head and your heart. It's weighing you down psychologically. And if you let it go, you also let go of that weight. You know, we've got a bunch more to talk about. In fact, I have two added values for you today during our added value segment. But first, right here, right now, here's one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalist. Since it's the new year, you might be looking for some resources. So if you head on over to theminimalists.com slash resources, or you can just go to theminimalists.com, click resources at the top. We have a bunch of free resources over there for you. Not only do we have our simple Sunday newsletter with more than 600 essays, or you can get our podcast show notes in your inbox for free. We have our minimalist rule book, 16 rules for living with less that you can download right there. Also, the 30-Day Minimalism Game, a free calendar you can download, seven different minimalist wallpapers for your phone or your computer. We have minimalist home tours. We have our values worksheet. This is the time of year where my wife and I, we sit down and we go over our values, our foundational values. Have those changed? Probably not. Structural values, have those changed? Mm, They might. They might shift around a bit. Sometimes values change categories, something that was more valuable to us a decade ago, maybe less valuable to us now. It may not even be a value at all. Have our surface values changed? Yeah, those change all the time. The things that we find interesting or fun to do, those surface values, they tend to change quite a bit. And so why do we go over that together? Well, it's because my wife and I, we want to better understand each other because the better we understand each other, the better we communicate, the better we're able to love. So you can download our free values worksheet over there as well. We've got several other resources. I have a free ebook called 11 Ways to Write Better. We have another free ebook over there called Financial Freedom. Uh, It talks about five steps, five difficult steps toward financial freedom. You can find all of that over at theminimalists.com slash resources. Those are all free resources that you can download today. We've got so much more to talk about, but first, what do you got for us? Here are some voicemail comments and insights from our listeners. Hello, this is Bryce from Delray Beach, Florida. I wanted to share a tip that I came up with to live a more balanced and intentional life. What I did was I have a planner that instead of going by the hour, it goes by the different realms of health. And it made this really cool acronym that's easy to remember and easy to apply. And that's special. Every day is special and every day is an opportunity to grow spiritually, physically, emotionally, communally, intellectually adaptively, and lucratively. Hey, guys, this is Tracy from Denver, Colorado. I'm calling to say thank you because in early 2017, I listened to your podcast on finances and budgeting, and you kept talking about Dave Ramsey, and I I started going into that rabbit hole listening to his podcast. And because of that and the knowledge that you guys share, I'm sitting here tonight with this being the last night I ever have debt. I make my final payment tomorrow, and I will be debt-free for the first time in 23 years. I've been busting my butt at this for uh, one year and 363 days. So I am extremely excited to celebrate this milestone tomorrow, and I thank you guys because prior to listening to those podcasts, I was just looking for a way to figure out how to manage my finances better, and it felt so 
difficult and complicated, and you guys made it so easy and shared information, and it has changed my life. All right, y'all, before we get to our double added value segment this week, let's read a quick testimonial from one of our Patreon supporters. This one's from Chance Hollingsworth. That is not a made-up name. That's an actual Patreon supporter. Shout out Chance. He says, I recently took the plunge here on Patreon for the private podcast, and I'm so grateful I did. The first episode I listened to was the recent Ken Coleman conversation, and I cannot express just how timely that discussion was for me. I've been wrestling with some career choices recently, and the wisdom in that episode really hit home. In fact, I'm not one to re-listen to a podcast episode on repeat until that one. In a word, thanks for your message, your work, and for helping this admitted collector begin the process of simplifying his life with less. Wow. Chance, thank you so much. Shout out to our Patreon supporters. Thank you for keeping this podcast 100% advertisement free. For added value this week, the 80s are back, ladies and gentlemen. I feel like they've kind of been back all year, but like there's sort of this all, all last year, I should say. There's sort of this crescendo right now. And so two of my favorite albums of 2021 I'm going to talk about today. And it's weird because... They're both, they both sound like 80s music, but they're both radically different albums. So Tory Lanez has a new album out. It's called Alone at Prom, which is like an 80s title, even. The opening track to that is called Enchanted Waterfall. So Jordan, if uh, folks are watching the YouTube video, I think if I point right here and say, hey, if you click on this thing right up here, you can actually check out the video for that. I don't know if there's a music video. If not, there'll be an audio video there. And, and so Tory Lanez, it strikes me as sort of like this R&B soul 80s music. It, it has that 80s pop feel, but with a little bit of R&B and soul infused into it. And then we have my second added value this week, Sam Outlaw. He has a new album out called Popular Mechanics. And it's like Americana, pop, alt, country music. But both of these albums sound strangely similar. And the opening track to that is one of my favorite songs of 2021. That song's called Here on a Mission. So if you're watching on YouTube again, you can click up here. Or if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you can just check the show notes for links to both of those albums. Tory Lane's Alone at Prom and Sam Outlaw, Popular Mechanics. By the way, we have a bunch more surprise questions this week, like how do you deal with calendar clutter, relationship clutter, mental clutter, and other types of non-material clutter? Is it possible to buy nothing for an entire year? Can minimalism actually make you happier? Plus a million more questions for the minimalists and our team here. And if you want to hear all that, check out the Minimalist Private Podcast. Visit patreon.com slash the minimalist to subscribe and get your personal link so that our weekly private podcast plays in your favorite podcast app. You'll also gain immediate access to hundreds of hours of private archives, recordings of live events, exclusive home tours, and our private community of thousands of open-minded minimizers like you. You can follow The Minimalists on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at The Minimalists. If you want our podcast show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list at theminimalists.com. On behalf of Ryan Nicodemus, Podcast Sean, Malabama, Jordan No More, Social Jess, Danny Unknown, Emma the Immigrant, and the rest of our team, I'm Joshua Fields Milburn, reminding you to love people and use things, because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. 
We'll see you next time.